So hi, welcome to the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Hey guys. I'm Ryan. And we're going to ask him some questions today about his upcoming EP, Everything Except Desire. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's It's been awesome, man. I, I made a little music video. A little, I, I didn't make it. Um, an Italian company uh, called Scene Film made it. But we're coming up on 100,000 views, which for me, since Whoa. I've started... Yeah, for, since I've started doing stuff on my own, um, after yellow card broke up, I haven't, I haven't hit anywhere near that, that number on anything. So, um, that's, it's pretty exciting. I think, I think people are, um, you know, it's so different that it's, I I think people are 100% turned on or 100% turned off, which is cool. It's like not in the middle. It's not like, Mm -hmm. what is it? Where, where is this living between yellow card and whatever? This is just like, you either like this or you don't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I think um, for me, it, it's it's a very um, accurate depiction of like where I'm at as an artist and a, and a, and a composer and a, and a writer, a producer, all those things. Um, I, I've been I've been just kind of disconnected from from rock music for a long, long time. Uh, I mean, even even kind of the final years in Yellow Card, I, I was already mostly listening to um, like experimental EDM and and composers and soundtracks and stuff. I'd kind of just, um, you know, it's not to say that there's anything bad. I wasn't like, fuck rock and roll. I, it was more just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. My palette just really changed over, over the years. Um, so with this EP, um, you know, I had the time and the space to just take a lot of risks and, um, and create something that I think is, is again, just really very much where I'm at, um, as a writer and a fan of music, you know, you can kind of hear, um, it, it's a good way to hear where I'm at as a listener as well, not just as a creator, you know, for sure. For sure. Uh, I'm very happy to to see that you're doing something different from what you were doing in yellow card, because I feel like then from a fan's perspective, it's not like you're trying to relive what you were trying to do in yellow card. You're just kind of doing yep. whatever you want to do. Then I yep. just, I think it's really nice. Well done on that. I appreciate it. Even, even back when I started releasing music on my own in 2018, uh, I'll be very even that's very different from where i'm at now mm-hmm. um but the first little acoustic ep i put out was very deliberate to, to say you know um uh, this is you know sort of the reason um the reasoning behind using my full name for for the project was just really to step away from yellow card and separate yeah. it uh, because i agree i think if i was um to have tried I, I tried to start a, a band you know after yellow card i i just think it would have been an uphill battle with mm-hmm. no end in sight of, of it sort of constantly being you know not yellow card for people and i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to do that so no, nor was that really where i was at as a musician there or or a, or a listener as i say like a fan of music so um it's been fun it's been a fun journey and a fun challenge and um to, to explore a new space musically. And, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. Especially these, these five songs. I'm, I'm really, really proud of them. Love As that. you should be. It's perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the EP title or cover art? Um, yeah, both actually. Mm-hmm. So the cover art, um, I, I made friends with, um, an artist, uh, a New York based artist named Justine Raymond. Um, and, it was how, how did I even I found her on Twitter and I don't oh oh I know exactly how it happened so my friend Heather Antos who is uh, a comic book 
uh, editor and visual artist. And she's just all around. She worked for Marvel for a long time. She's a big, she's big shot. She's awesome. And she was retweeting a bunch of artists on some sort of, you know, Twitter artist appreciation day, you know, like uh, support independent visual artists, whatever. So she was retweeting this. And I saw an image that I, that I loved. And it was right around the time that I was making my second EP um, in 2018. And so I direct messaged the artist from that image on Twitter. Um, as much as I hate social media, sometimes it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I messaged her, Justine Raymond is her name. And I said, Hey, I love this style of thing. I would like to do a piece for my new EP that is, um, whether, you know, you may not realize how cold play this image you made is, or this like, <laughs> wasn't meant to be an album cover the picture I saw, but it could be, I want to do something like that. That's very, very cold play esque of like just a, a single little image in the middle of a cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I commissioned that to her and she did such an amazing job. She went on to do the art for my, my little star Wars podcast I have with my buddies, Adam and Nick. Um, she, she did that art for us. And so, um, one of the pieces she had like on her Instagram from way, way, way back looks basically like the cover of everything except desire. So I, the, I, I wanted that to be the cover, but she, a couldn't find the file that it was so oh. old that she couldn't find it. And B she, she has like some killer job in, in uh, game. She works in gaming now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like a gaming designer and she just was like, I don't have time to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, would you be okay if I had another artist sort of take inspiration from this to, to do it? And she said, yeah, of course. So, so it's really cool because I worked with both of the artists at the same time that did both of my EPs. The, the, the person who did the art for 13, my first EP is named Brandon Stex. And, uh, I reached out to him and I said, Hey, could you take this and do something like it and put your own spin on it and give it your flavor? And he said, yeah, I'd love to, let's do it. So Brandon did sort of a version of Justine's art. So I love that because it's kind of like both of them did the cover for my new one, you know? Yeah. Um, the title comes from um, a nineties film called Gattaca. Um, Ethan Hawke, Jude Law, Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, a, there's a really cool, there's a, there's a couple, I, I did two references actually. The first, the, the, um, the first track on the record is called the swim back. And that was, that came, that came first. I was trying to finding titles for instrumental tracks is always really fun because you can, you know, you just do You can do anything and kind of give it your own meaning with no lyrics. And so, um, I, I immediately, when I finished that track, I thought of this scene in Gattaca where the line is, I never saved anything for the swim back. Um, there's a scene where he and his brother, the lead character and his brother would, would challenge each other to swim out in the ocean as far as they could before like risking drowning because they weren't going to be able to get back to the shore. And oh. he, Ethan Hawke's character says, I, I, I'm, I've survived. I've made it this far because I never saved anything for the swim back. So I loved mm-hmm. that. I called it the swim back. And I was like, I think there's another Gattaca reference. It's so cool that I'm thinking of. So I watched the movie and there's another line uh, where he's talking about how someone didn't make it. They didn't succeed. They didn't because they had everything except desire. They had the looks, they had mm. the build, they had the physique, they had the, the, the film is very much about like genetic modification, how yeah. we reach a time where you can choose all of your, if you can afford it, you can make your baby perfect and disease free. And that's the only way to get ahead in the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about someone who was like a perfect child, the perfect specimen, but he had no, no desire. And so, um, I just thought that was a really cool concept and, and, um, I've always loved that film. So being the film nerd that I am, I, I squeezed both of those in there. That's super cool. That's amazing. Mm. Um, so what made you pick uh, Face in a Frame as the lead single for the EP? 
Uh, it's the first song I made for it. You know, it's the first song. I th- These songs were all done. I didn't do this like an album where I had, you know, all f- five of them sort of in the works at the same time. Mm-hmm. Every one of these songs was finished from start, start to finish, mixed, mastered on its own. Um, wow. So I wasn't working on them. I, I, I never, I didn't, when I was making them, I didn't know it was ever going to be a release. Um, I was kind of just creating them for Patreon and, and then they were just that I thought that was going to be the end of it. Um, so I was just making one song a month for Patreon and that's how these came to be. But anyways, face in a frame is the first one I did. Um, and I feel like I, I, I think it's just a good introduction. I think it's a good song to sort of like set the scene for where I'm at and what this, what the record is and what the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, I think people's overall uh, based on the people that have heard it so far, people's favorite song is Brighton that the but it seems to be everybody likes Brighton the most but I felt like Brighton Brighton's a lot like it's a lot to like throw at you with that yeah. crazy bass line and the like calm trues drums and it's it's a whole experience that's like I know it's a lot to swallow a lot to digest so I mm. feel like facing a frame sort of eases you into it it's kind of like a blank a warm blanket of like oh okay so this is electronic music I haven't heard him do this before but um, and you know, it's got a lot of interesting sounds that keep, keep evolving and keep you interested in the track as it evolves. And, um, so yeah, I, I thought, I just thought it was a good introduction to like what I'm, what I'm doing. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this EP? Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm on a mission, um, in life to find success in scoring for film and television. That's like really where my heart's at and what I'm, what I'm trying to achieve. So with every, every note of, of this record and these songs, I was conscious of that. Um, I I've learned a lot about scoring and a lot about what people are looking for, you know, what music directors are looking for, um, what editors, film editors are looking for. Um, so I tried to be conscious of, of that as I was creating these songs and, um, I wanted them to be to take a lot of inspiration from um, again a lot of the sort of like experimental ambient EDM artists I love, and also a lot of the sort of neoclassical composers that I love, um, and 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 just push that as hard as I could, you know, just shove yeah. that down your throat. Like this is, yeah. uh, I want I wanted it to be very cinematic, um, and so I spent um, I, I spent the first part of each track building the music. Um, you know, I would make something that I felt like if this didn't have lyrics, it still has this big, you know, ebb and flow, push and pull. It's great for film, great for editing too. Um, and then I added the lyrics, melody and lyrics after the fact, mm-hmm. um, and, and tried to do really interesting things with the lyric, with the vocal production as well. Um, you know, yeah, I, some of it's like really deliberate. I think if you listen to, um, a lot of the, the massive, like just 10, 12 tracks of harmony that I stacked in Brighton and, and heavens. Um, but then like on union chapel, I took it down to just one vocal, like, no, yeah. it's, there's no harmony. There's no doubling the vocals. It's just the one solemn, lonely voice in the middle, you know? And it kind of, mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted the whole thing to like, go, go, go. And heavens sort of being the most pop song on the record, you know, it's kind of like upbeat all the way to the end. And then just kind of come down to this like really sad, broken finale. Um, you know, and give the whole thing that sort of feeling of like, um, scenes, you know? And so I, I, I having, having the freedom to just like go crazy with the production and just do whatever I want it, just, just like turn all those knobs back there until I found crazy sounds (laughs) that I love, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 
it, it, that's how I, that's how all these songs came, came to be. It was just experimentation. Sure. Uh, so can you tell us your favorite lyric off this EP and the meaning behind it? Mm. Man. God, that's a hard one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really, I really like um, a, a lot of what this EP lyrically, well, I, I guess all of it really um, was kind of focused on a pretty, pretty specific experience. Um, I had, I had come out of a relationship and it, it was, it was a really traumatic experience for, for every, everyone involved in it and not in a, um, not in a, like, I don't know how to explain this kindly like no one did anything wrong mm -hmm. kind of thing it was it was a circumstances out of everyone's control it was just a really traumatic experience and the next time i sort of like opened up and allowed myself to be vulnerable in the presence of someone else it was it was a, a really really um it, it was not the right person to allow myself to be that way with and um i i i spent a lot of time after it trying to kind of figure out like why like it's very out of character for me to to surround myself with someone that's like not gonna at, at this point in my in my life when i was 25 i had lots of people around me that were very bad for me but mm -hmm. uh now it's just not it's not like me to have someone in my life that doesn't um you know enrich my life in some way that doesn't mm -hmm. provide me with support and, and positive energy and um I, but i did and i just kept coming back for more and it was it was just very strange for me and i i so lyrically i really examined that and broke it down on this record mm -hmm. um and i love the line in brighton that says i will elevate the uninvited so that i can feel a goddamn thing wow um, that's a very good line you know yeah i i was when i wrote that i just felt like holy that's it that's exactly mm -hmm. that's the whole thing that's yeah. that's that's the whole entire experience in one line of lyrics so mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that one's pretty impactful if you, if you unpack it, you know, definitely. Oh, 100%. Jesus. All right. <laughs> uh, so could you tell us where your headspace is at while you were writing the EP? Um, yeah, for sure. It was, um, you know, the pandemic was just ripping and yep. <laughs> I was very sad and confused. And, um, I, I had a really interesting sort of, um, life, you know, blip on the radar where I had in late 2019, I had moved back to California for the first time in six years. I'd been in Nashville and, um, with my sort of goal in mind of getting into film composition, film, you know, film scoring and stuff. I, um, my sister lives in Los Angeles with, with my niece and nephew. And I just felt like maybe it was time to give it another try. Um, and, uh, so I, I, I sold my house in, in Tennessee and I moved to California and then I was only there, you know, from like October to March and the pandemic hit God. and it's really expensive to live in California. Yeah. And there is a, uh, there's a widespread misconception that if you have a song on the radio one time in your life, you're, <laughs> you're sad. You, know, you fly on private jets. Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, so I was, I was, I was terrified, um, as far as like, just, you know, I was financially terrified. I was professionally terrified. We all were, I mean, not, and not just, it's not specific to musicians, but, um, you know, it was a scary time. I had one tour booked in the summer of 2020 that, um, or we were in the process of booking that was really going to take care of the year for me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have the unique ability now to just grab an acoustic guitar and go out and play shows if I want. And it can really help me, you know, continue to be able to work in here by yeah. going out to do that. Well, that's gone now. And I didn't know what to do. 
And I ended up going back to Jacksonville, Florida, where I grew up for the first time since I was like 19. Um, and I, I got set up in a, in a rental property that my parents own. And I, I was only, a, I was a mile away from my parents' house, spent more time with them than I have since I was in high school. I was, uh, you know, I would go over there every night for dinner and hang out with, with them. And so the pandemic was really um, very much um, quarantined for me, like all the way through 2020, because I was, I, I didn't want to put my parents' health at risk. So yeah. no matter how serious or not serious, I would have taken it. I don't know, but I took it very seriously because of them. So I was super alone the whole, the whole year. And I think, I mean, I think you can hear that, that loneliness on the record. And I, I, you know, um, it wasn't necessarily even a bad thing. I, I, I really grew a lot through that time. I started meditating every day and I was exercising a lot again for the first time in a long, in a, in a while, just didn't have anything else to do. And, and I, I did kind of channel it into some positive things. Um, and, and making the music was like, it was, it was just such a good thing to have, to be able to get up every day and make some coffee and get in the studio and work on something. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was really able to capture all of the negative things that were happening mentally and also all of the positive changes I was making and like create music in the midst of that storm. And um, so it was, it was a very unique writing process, unlike any I'd ever gone through before, you know? Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to the CP for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends in the dark with headphones on party in the pee? dark, in, in, in the dark with headphones on all the way through start to finish. Definitely start to finish okay. <laughs> designed. It, it is designed to be played for Like you need to hear the swim back first and union chapel last. It's mm -hmm. supposed to be that way, you know, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. And how did you listen to this EP for the first time? Um, the very much the same way because i i had the first four tracks for uh you know for over a year they were they were done and i and i just had them and and um fans that have been a part of my patreon community have had them as well but i added that fifth instrumental track last summer sent that off to get mastered and then i actually kind of did you know the spacing between the songs how far apart they are when you listen um and had that all remastered together so the first time i got to do it you know, I, I got to pour a glass of wine and just sit back here in the studio and let it rip. And it was pretty, it was pretty rad. I mean, it was, yeah. um, one of my favorite things about the record is the work, the, the string work that, that I did. Um, I'm, I'm practicing that a lot as I'm trying to get into scoring and composing. So, um, I have a lot of sessions sitting around that no one will probably ever hear where I'm just practicing writing strings mm -hmm. and learning how, um, you know, in yellow card, Sean did all of that. And, and he was insanely talented at composing and arranging full string sections. Um, and, and so I'm kind of learning on my own how to, I don't have real string players here, but these days, um, if you if you get the right stuff some of some of the sample libraries that are out there are i mean all of the strings on the ep are are digital they're they're software strings mm -hmm. um and I, I i still to this day when i listen to them i can't i can't believe it okay like i can't believe that it's not real real strings i mean it is real strings they're actually mm -hmm. real sampled strings but mm -hmm. you know uh to know that it's not players in here that were playing the music i wrote that i was playing it on a keyboard and arranging it. So, yes. um, I, that's, that's one of my favorite things about the record is, is the string sections. Like if you, if you are in here and I can like mute everything except for the strings, it's, it's pretty fucking cool. Like, um, there there's when I would, when I would be hanging out streaming with patrons, a lot of times I would, um, or streaming on Twitch or whatever. And I was just working on strings. Everyone would in, in the chat would just be like, dude, just release that. Like just yeah. Yeah. only the strings. Yeah. You know? 
Um, so I had a lot of fun making doing, doing the strings. Um, and, and when I listened back throughout, you know, in full, it starts so string heavy with the swim back and it ends so string heavy with union chapel. I think it kind of ties itself off in a really cool way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this EP for new listeners in three words, no more, no less. <laughs> as fast as you can. Um, ambient. Mm-hmm. Um, electronic okay all right and and emotional emotional perfect yeah perfect you got it you got it yeah um Mm -hmm. so in that same train of thought but not as much pressure uh is there a certain feeling or emotion you want your listeners to have while going through this ep well i i think that because so many of the people that are going to be listening to this are, are yellow card fans you know that have come along for the ride um or maybe are checking in for the first time um, you know, if I have a record company behind this one for the first time of all the three records I've put out, um, the first two I just did myself. And this one has a little bit more, prom- I mean, I'm doing interviews all day for this thing. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't really do much of that on the first two. So there's a little bit more exposure for this. So I think people going like, Oh, you know, the guy from yellow card has a, a record out. I'm going to check it out. I hope that, um, that the, the, the sound of it, you know, the, the style, the genre, whatever the word is that you want to use kind of opens people's minds to it um you know to maybe trying something new um it's funny because i think like if you play i'm never going to solve this algorithm problem if you play the ep once it's out on spotify or apple music or whatever i think it's going to go like from uh you know from brighton to like state champs like it's it's not (laughs) it's not going to take you to christian loffler and olafur arnold's and all Mm -hmm. these like all these guys that i love that have inspired me musically and where i'm at now which it should though, because that's, you know, that's the the world that I I want it to live in. Um, But I, I, you know, I've talked a lot about the influences on it, on the record. I I have a a pretty cool long 400 something song long playlist on my Spotify page that has a lot of those artists and their records on it. And so I hope people just kind of go, I hope it's like for me when, so this whole thing, this whole door opened for me into this world of music because, um, my my super close friend Ryan Mendez from Yellow Card gave me a record back in like 2009 or 10 or something, um, and it was the first electronic record that I'd ever really been recommended or given. I, I just never thought that my mind was going to be open to that kind of music. I was such a rock kid, um, and so he gave me a record called Immunity by an artist named John Hopkins, who is mm-hmm. an absolute pioneer. I mean, the guy is is. It, it i don't even know how to describe what he does it's it's so groundbreaking every yeah. every piece of music he makes um and so immunity is is a really really incredible record and um i am a huge coldplay fan i always have been uh, since since parachutes I've, I've been a huge huge fan and hopkins has worked with coldplay a lot and i didn't know that but he started working with them um kind of in the Viva La Vida era, which is around that time, 2008, Mm -hmm. nine, you know? So Ryan, I think who's been into electronic music since he was a kid, he's a very, he has a very broad palette of of music and always has. Um, I think he had this sort of idea of like, you're, you're ready. You're ready now. Like I've, I've, Mm -hmm. I've wanted to share this with you for a long time, but I think you're finally ready. 
um, because he was able to say, this is the guy who does a lot of programming and, and, tr- you know, tracks and stuff for cold, for cold So you should check it out. Yeah. Um, and I, to be fully honest, I just, I never looked back. I, I, it changed that record changed my life. I mean, I, I, I went down the rabbit hole and, and drifted so far from rock and roll being my, you know, what my listening palette, m- m- like it's, it's wild. It's wild what re- one record can do. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the last song on the record, the, t- the, the title track immunity. It's just like, it'll make you cry every time. And it's just, and there's no words in it. It's just, it's insane. You know, and I'd never experienced that before I thought of electronic music. And, and I've also learned a lot about it to say that this is not me, um, you know, taking a dig at, or like saying it's not good. But for me, electronic music was just kind of was nightclubs, you know, and like mm-hmm. dance music, which isn't really my my scene. Um, and, and I didn't I had no idea that there was this whole world of like cinematic kind of ambient experimental music that has the dance beat underneath it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much I was going to like the dance beat. I, I fucking love it. Exactly, it's just yeah. I don't love I don't love the more like aggressive, um, you know, synth like heavy heavy synth driven like i like the more ambient stuff and that's hopkins is i mean that's his that's his thing that's what he does and so he just opened the door to so many artists and so much music that i had no idea was going to be a part of my life and um and i find this is this ep is the first time that i've personally stepped out and said all right like i'm gonna i'm gonna make that like i'm gonna try to make my own music in in that world and um so I, I hope that when people listen to it, it can have that, um, you know, I'm never going to compare myself to John Hopkins, but have the Hopkins effect on them as, as it did on me, you know, and, and maybe someone who's only listened to rock and roll their whole life goes, oh, wow, this is, there's a lot of sounds in here that I really enjoy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so for these last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's all right with you. Sure. Great. So we're actually going to shift to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Oh, last meal, last meal. God. All right. I'm going to give, I'm going to give mom, I'm going to give mom some love. My last meal would be my mom's white bean chicken chili with my grandmother's cornbread recipe that my mom now makes. Cause you just, you, you know, it's just the bet you just dip it in the cornbread in there and you mm-hmm. put butter all over it. And I don't think I would do some grand fancy thing. I think I would want to have it be like a family recipe that, you know, that's very wholesome. That's good. But and I don't know. I'd be on death row. So how wholesome am I? Right? <laughs> you got a point. Fair you enough. You have a point enough. there. Yeah. And and drink, I would get. Um, I would probably get a bottle of. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. You're not going to know what this is probably, but a, a bottle of Justin Isosceles, J- Justin Winery in California. They, that's they're just it's the best, and they that's like, that's the stuff you get like someone for their like fiftieth wedding anniversary because mm. it's so oh, freaking yeah. stupid expensive. I would get that and have it. We'll just act like we know what that is. <laughs> I'm a wino. I'm a wino. So. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? One fictional world? Yes. Yeah. Well, it depends. Like, is it the whole galaxy, like the whole universe of the, of the fiction? Or is it like a planet or a place? Are you thinking you know, of like Star a- Wars? Yeah, of course. Yeah, then, yeah, it would be the whole universe. So, like, yeah, you could go to Tatooine and you could get on a ship and just go, like, go anywhere else. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, All, uh, It's tough, though. I, I will say that since the film came out, I'm, I'm reading the Dune books and I am obsessed. 
I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. But I think, but yes, yeah, Star Wars. If I could go be in the Star Wars galaxy, that's of course that's my dream. That'd be pretty I sick. Mean, it's right here. Just, I was just talking about my podcast. So. Oh my god, that's so that's cool. so sick. <laughs> oh. Yes. I love this that is the, so much. the one that I I built at Galaxy's Edge. That's oh, so fucking cool. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted so to build one of those. Yeah. Um, is it so yeah. is it white or is it like yeah. a very light purple? It's, no, it's white. Okay, that's cool. But I have you, you. It comes apart and you can change the crystal out inside of it, the kyber uh-huh. crystal, and it changes the color of the blade when you change the crystal. That's, that's so, so cool. sick. Oh yeah. my god. Pretty cool. Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single okay. person we've spoken to has actually said that it is the most important question. All right. What is your favorite color? Yeah, my, my favorite color is the absence of color. I mean, it's, it's black. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I, you know, I, that's my, I'll, my parents will never understand my wardrobe. Like why that, why it is just only gray, gray and black. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but if I have to pick a color, I'll go. I'm a diehard, born and raised Georgia Bulldogs call, fan. Um, national champions for the first time in 41 years. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. My mother and I were embraced weeping tears uh, <laughs> at the end of the game. I'm so glad I got to be with my mom for the game. It was that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's um, great. But uh, so I, a red, a red. If I have to pick a real color, mm. I'll, I'll pick red. All right. Red. Georgia uh, colors are red and black. So, uh, so as Gloria said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, yeah, I would. I would. We um, we talked a lot about the EP, which I'm really grateful. I, I appreciate you guys focusing so much on it and and helping me promote it. But um, I have a podcast with my friend Adam Russell from Story of the Year and Nick Gambarian from Bayside. Uh, today, Thursday, February third, is our 100th episode. Damn, congrats! Oh, wow. Um, and we have a lot of fun talking about Star Wars. So, um, if you're a casual fan, if you're a hardcore fan, we have, uh, we've, we, we get a lot of positive, uh, support and reviews and appreciation for the podcast in that we're, we try to be very inclusive and, um, not be know-it-alls, you know, we're learning as, as, as you're learning. And so I think any level of fan can enjoy listening to the pod and, um, and we try to really focus on on positivity. The the fan base has, has been so split and toxic mm-hmm. um, in so many ways for so long since the Disney acquisition. And um, we don't we just don't play that game. We we try to we love Star Wars, so we we try to talk about um, you know how to how to find joy. And, and Nick Nick has such an amazing line that we remembered last night on the pod while we were recording. One once he said, "Imagine enjoying the thing you enjoy." <laughs> you know um so we try to focus on that you know like that it's it's all it's just all about the love of of um of of the story and the characters and and so check it out it's called thank the maker and you can listen anywhere you get podcasts and we drop episodes every thursday oh yeah all right Uh, well thank you for now this has been william ryan key and we have been the good noise podcast